Welcome to the Aging Gracefully Podcast. I'm Janae Anderson. And I'm Mary Thompson. Join us as we explore the myths, beliefs, and realities of aging to empower each of us to thrive on all levels every moment of our lives. Janae, I was remembering something that that used to happen because you know, as we get older, we tend to see in the mirror, we see our parents more and more often. And I, I always see my mom in the mirror, but today there was something else. Tell me. <laughs> when I was younger, my parents got a VCR and that was a brand new big thing at that time, but it had a clock on it and they could never remember how to set the clock. So if you came over their house anytime, day or night, the clock would be flashing its red lights with its 12 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 12 o'clock. Or whenever any one of the kids would come over, they'd be kind of, they'd be grabbed and say, you know, can you fix this? Make this stop flashing. They couldn't remember it. It was that technological challenge. They were very intelligent people. They were teachers. My, my dad was a teacher. My mom was a nurse. They'd, they knew how to do so many different things, but they could not get how to fix the clock on the VCR. Interesting. So today, how that how that comes around to me is I was working on my computer on something and I could not for the life of me figure out how to make it do the thing I wanted it to do. Then my son comes in, he just looks at me like I'm a moron and he punches like two buttons and it fixes the problem I've been trying to deal with for an hour. And I'm thinking, oh my God, I have become my parents technologically. <laughs> Yeah, I know what you mean. I don't know if it's the elasticity in the brain that we're slipping up on or just this confounded new technology. <laughs> I remember a few years back, we'd, we'd been debating getting a big screen TV. Like we were the only people still using the old fashioned TV. Um, we could play DVDs and whatnot, but we'd been debating getting one. And our nephew came to visit us. He's in his early 20s. He stayed with us a few months and we were out shopping in some big box store and we saw the big screen TV and we looked at him and we looked at each other and we're like, this is the moment because he can set it up and help us learn how to use it. And that's what we did, but we never would have done it on our own. It's too frightening, too new, too many dang remote controls. Well, not only that, but even if you just have one remote control, it's got 40 buttons on yeah. it. And I don't know what half of them do. I feel and that's, I feel so old when I say this because that's always stuff this this technological idiocy is something I always prescribe to my parents not to myself. <laughs> I'm tech savvy, you know. I get this. I know how to do this. And then I look at the remote and it's you know, where's the volume button or, or what does this button do? Why are there three buttons that say ABC underneath them? What's the ABC for? We and have met the idiots, and they are us. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, but we're surrounded by technology. Oh, we absolutely yeah. are. And, you know, both you and I use technology for our work. Our well, we're doing a podcast. Exactly. Case in point. But I had a really interesting experience just very recently. Um, I 
took my cell phone and it was upstairs. I put all my clothes in a laundry basket to bring them downstairs and do the laundry. I, I went, oh, my phone, it needs to come downstairs. Put it in the laundry basket with the clothes. Can you guess what happened? I'm, I'm thinking it went in the lot. It, it, yeah, I took it right downstairs, put the whole thing into the washer without looking and um, ended up with a very clean malfunctioning telephone oh, no. or cell phone. We don't say telephone for cell phones, do we? No, it's just a phone. Just a phone. Just a phone. Or a cell. So, did it dry out? Can you use it? Tried everything. Did the rice. Did the rice. De- de- did the dehydrator. <laughs> did the, the low-tech low approach. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it's very clean and uh, never going to work again. Oh, my so gosh. So, I've been a week without a cell phone. My new one arrives today. Um, but it's been so interesting. Last night, I actually had an anxiety dream about not having my phone. Right. I had to meet someone. I couldn't find her address because it was in my phone. I had right. to call her, but I couldn't because I didn't have my phone, you know? Just the the convenience of having a phone in those times of need is amazing. Well, I remember growing up, there was just like one phone in the house. And it was attached with a cord to the wall. A telephone. A telephone. One telephone. There was no privacy. I mean, if you were going to talk on the phone, then you... We had this doorway that we could kind of go around the side of the door and do the pocket door and shut it. And we'd still be talking in the, in the front doorway of the house. And that was all we had. If you weren't home, somebody was home and they took a message and you get the message or you wouldn't get the message. And... They're, they all is, and you had to memorize everybody's phone numbers. You did, and remember, you had to dial them on that rotary dial. Right. Mm-hmm. Very slow, very hard to do anything quick. Well, and you couldn't be doing anything else at the time you were on the phone because you were tethered. Now people use their phones when they're driving, which they're not supposed to do, <laughs> but they'll, um, or they're just sitting at a restaurant. I was at the airport last week, and I was just one of many, many, many people right down the line that we were just on our phones, whether we were talking on our phones or fiddling with them in some way. Some people were reading and some people were playing with games. And I, you know, I have to confess that I got a little anxiety attack when you said you hadn't had your phone for a week. Yeah, it's been a real interesting experience. Beyond the the major inconvenience, it's also had some benefits. Really? I feel a little calmer in my nervous system. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm more prone to be out in nature rather oh. than glued to my screen. Wow. So yeah, I'm noticing some benefits and it's with, you know, excitement and a twinge of regret that I look forward to the cell phone's arrival. Wow. I think for business, I have to have it for, well, I mean, of course, I'm going to be an addict defending my defending my drug of choice. I have to have it for contacts and things like that. But I agree that it can become, I could be sitting in nature, I could be attached to it too much. For me, the technological advances, though, is it's like it's just, not just our phones, which now are a, an appendage. <laughs> It's always going to be right here at the end of my arm at any moment to distract me from boredom and to make sure that I could connect with somebody. It's my safety net, you know, in case I need anything. Texting. I got to talk about texting for a minute because this is the thing that drives me a little crazy is how people expect now an immediacy in the response. Again, like if I go back to that idea of being at home on the phone, that if I wasn't home, then in the olden days that all of us can relate to, there was no message machine either. There was a person or was not a person. So somebody didn't answer, you called them back later. <laughs> or it was that simple, wasn't they, it? They left you a message and, you know, maybe they'd get you back, hit you back or something. 
And now it seems like there's this sense of urgency with everything. And I think this might be why you're feeling calm is sometimes the phone rings and it's like, oh God, what's happening? What have I got to respond to now? <laughs> yeah, you know, I've actually, there's that, um, the, the urgency of responding to texts or the call, but also the emails that pile up and pile up. And oh, gosh. So I've, I've actually come up with a phrase for this, Mary. E-stress. 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 Yeah, and it's a real thing. Oh, I, you know? I understand. I mean, with, I'm looking at my inbox going, what have I got here? 1,900 unread messages? Most of them, of course, are ads for something or a website that forced me to sign up my email in order for it to give me whatever information it had promised me. They do that, don't they? <laughs> yeah. Rascals. And it's so funny, too, that it seems so important to sign up for the email to get the message. And I hardly ever read the thing that they promised me. You know, the but free it looked book. like such a pretty dress. These <laughs> <laughs> are look like yeah. so it's just really funny the way our technology has advanced really quickly but I think it's advanced faster than my brain can keep up with sometimes me too and um, I actually got advice from someone from the younger generation of how to avoid some of the e-stress would you like to hear it well, sure, but it's one of those young whippersnappers that gave you the advice, so I'll have to, I'm, I'm here with a little bit of skepticism. This is actually very mature advice. Okay. So he said when people text him, he has his settings such that it'll do one tiny ping, and that's it. So it doesn't keep, you know, some, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, some will notify you endlessly, or at least four or five times until you finally respond. Mm -hmm. Um, and the, uh, I really liked that, and I changed my settings to do the same, and it really did calm the e-stress. Mm -hmm. That's good. There was, there was another one. Give me a moment. Um, okay, well, there's something, while you're thinking of that, there was something that I realized. My phone had a setting where if I put it face down, it automatically goes to do not disturb. Nice. So if I'm someplace where I want to have my phone because it's my safety blanket. You know, if I want to have it some, some way near me, but I put it face down, it won't ping in the middle of a conversation or it won't ping in the middle of my having an appointment with a client because I'm, I'm terrible at having it on and it's sitting next to me and it goes off in the middle of an appointment and then it's, I don't pick it up. I just kind of go over and make sure I turn it off, but it's still a distraction. Yeah, and then part of your mind, isn't it so, is still there going, I wonder what that's about. Well, at this point, I just know it's a telemarketer. Because, oh, my favorite. And then the scams. Because we have our phones, we get these horrible scams. I got a call yesterday that my there was some <laughs> there was some suspicious, suspicious activity on my social security number. Oh, yeah, I've gotten that one. <laughs> I thought that was hysterical. <laughs> and it's really good to educate ourselves and know that they will never call us about right. trouble with our social security. <laughs> or with our taxes, you know. Yeah. I always like the automated voice of, this is the IRS and you are being audited. <laughs> Like really, <laughs> it's amazing that um, that people still fall for these things. Right, but I think our technology makes us vulnerable. It does, yeah. And I thought about the other e-stress reducer. Right. So when we get those, you know, those those emails that we're not going to read, to immediately go down to the bottom of that email and click on unsubscribe. Just yes. Get it out of your system. Yes. That's such a great idea. My brother did that. One my younger brother did that. And he said he had to do it for a month. Every day he would do it with 10 emails. But he said at the end of the month, and he, he began in the middle of the month, he thought this is never going to end. This is my life now. Just unsubscribing to emails. But he said at the end of the month, he opened his email and there were only 12 messages in it. And uh, he went and he knew all the senders. 
And he said it was just such a great position. I should call him and find out if that's still the case or if he's having to have his sons do it for him now. (laughs) (laughs) You should. That would be interesting to know. So what other kinds of technology do we have? We have our computers, which there's that term user-friendly. They they didn't think about me. (laughs) No, no. So much of it is beyond me. Right. Looking all over and then what strikes me as really funny is when you've searched the page a dozen times to find the thing you're looking for and you can't find it and you're swearing at the thing and then all of a sudden you see it's a big red button <laughs> and somehow you just miss. <laughs> yeah, and it was totally your fault, not right? theirs. Yes. yes. Yeah, there's that. And then there's the little, you know, like editing things and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, getting a little more techno- technological. Mm-hmm. Getting a little more technological, you know, like editing podcasts, right? Editing videos, that sort of thing. Wow. Well, that's the thing. A podcast editing—that's been tricky to learn that. And for those of you that have listened, I hope there haven't been too many gaps where you've gone, "Oh, yeah, that was a really bad splice there," because I've been checking out different programs, and the the be- more highly rated they are, the more bells and whistles they have, the more difficult it is for me to use. Yeah, I get it. And I don't even attempt to do it. Mary tries to show me sometimes, and I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh, gotta go. Yeah, but then there's our cars have have technological advances that I, I have an older car, so I'm not as technologically advanced, but I've seen the dashboard of my brother's car, and it looks like an airplane. Yeah, it's really wild. You know, and there's... What about these? all these devices? People have health devices like Fitbits and, and step counters and things like this that we're now tracking everything about ourselves. But I wonder why. I wonder why, too. I mean, really, do we need this constant moderation mm-hmm. of what we're doing, of, you know, even the sleep? You can mm-hmm. wake up in the morning and be told how well you slept. Right. <laughs> well, I, I was doing that for a while because I was... Um, having been tested for sleep apnea. But it was really kind of funny because it would say I had slept better than 83% of the people. I'd be saying, oh, lying machine. <laughs> if, if 83% of the people are sleeping worse, better than me or whatever it was, they were sleeping better, that it was, I wouldn't believe it because they would have been up in arms about having such a bad night's sleep. <laughs> wow. So you don't even know who to believe. Yes. And all the pings and ticks and clicks and just going on constantly all yeah. around us mm-hmm. wow right it's a whole different world so i wonder how this impacts our ability to age gracefully what do you think well we're always harping you and i on like being in the present moment and i wonder if my technology is preventing that in some way it's distracting me from the present moment that i can't be here with you because this phone call just came in that I should really be looking at. Or I struggle with uh, distractibility. I was at a conference recently, and it was the first conference I'd been to in years because I struggle with having too many distractions. If I'm talking to one person, then something catches my eye. It's very hard for me to bring my attention back to the person I was talking to. And I think my devices, my, my phone especially, might do that to me if a, I hear the little bing of a text or my phone makes the same sound for a text or an email. And we all know how many junk emails we get. And so it's really distracting me a lot. For no good reason. For no good reason. So it prevents me from resting in the present moment. And I think yeah. that interferes with my aging gracefully. 
On the other hand, I have a friend who has her um, phone go off kind of randomly, but it's every 25-ish minutes, and it's a beautiful bong reminding her to come back into the present moment. Ah, so using technology for your own good. Yeah. Where the student becomes the master. Or the <laughs> <laughs> yes, and so you can see that technology can be a great blessing or a great curse. Mm -hmm. And so it's just like turning it around to where it serves us and not the other way around. Are there any other things that you might have done? I can think of a couple, but some things I might have done to gain control back from the technology. Well, I'll take little sabbaticals. Like I'll, I'll, um, Facebook I find is very addicting and I'm, and you know, oh. I'm not the only one saying that. There are a lot of people who feel that way with Facebook and, um, and mesmerizing, you know? Mm -hmm. So I will take Facebook breaks. I'll mm -hmm. go two, three days without it. And when, when I start dreaming about Facebook, I know I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> She's laughing. I have, <laughs> I'm not. I don't, I don't have Facebook dreams. But I did have, I recently had a birthday, and I'm really grateful for Facebook because it made me feel very good about myself, all the people from different walks of my life that wished me a happy birthday. A great blessing and yes. a great curse, right? right. Depending on, on well, which way we're running with it. Well, let's look at social media for a moment because we couldn't have that without technology. Because right. really, would I send a birthday card to all of the people who had wished me a happy birthday? Or would they all have gone to the trouble of putting a stamp on an envelope for me? Would no. they even have known it was your birthday? No. 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 So there's that. So so we know that if you're listening to this podcast, you have technology in your life. You know how to download a podcast. Congratulations. <laughs> it downloads automatically on my phone. I have an app. There's an app for that. Ooh. But... So there's this, this concept of what I think it was social media is it certainly has that, that addictive quality. They said we get a dopamine hit, mm -hmm. things that strike us, but it also has that, you know, the dopamine leaves us feeling happy. But we also have those times when we look at it and other people are having a better life than we are. Oh, yeah. You know, they're out there doing things with their family or their friends or traveling around the world. Mm -hmm. But we have to remember that I look at Facebook as a um, holiday letter on steroids. <laughs> you know, people don't put the struggles, the hard stuff. They just put the good, good stuff. And there mm. have been, unfortunately, recently, many suicides of people who, when you look at their social media, their Instagram or whatever, they're bright and happy and you wouldn't suspect it from right. the persona. Mm -hmm. So I think a part of it that I take away from this is to be in touch with my feelings after being on technology and assessing. Like you're saying, I'm looking at the Facebook and saying, is this feeding me and nourishing me and making me feel better about myself and about the choices I've made? Or does it leave me feeling bad about myself in some way? And if it makes me feel bad about myself, I think that's not good. I think that the technology is, is evil at that point. I think a break would be warranted. Right. So it's having that awareness. Mm -hmm. Right. One of the things I found out, certainly technology can make our lives easier. I have, um, I found with scheduling appointments, it often was five emails back and forth trying to find the right time. And so I found some scheduling software. And now when somebody wants an appointment, I just say, here's the scheduler and see what you can work out with that because that's, <laughs> that's going to take care of it. So I find that there are certainly benefits. Oh, yeah. But I've had to set up times and say, okay, I will respond to emails between 10 and 12. 
that is a great thing to do. And then you're not running there every you know, few minutes or every right. hour or whatever. And I have time, a a set time. Mm -hmm. And I try to let everybody know that I will get back to them within 24 hours. You know, it's not going to be necessarily, I'm not going to give them that immediate response because the more they get an immediate response, the more they're going to expect an immediate response. And then I get stressed. It's so true. Yeah. In my wedding efficient business, however, they really want a quick response and they thank me oftentimes. Thank you for getting back to me so quickly. You know, it's it's a business mm-hmm. where quick response is valued. So in that way, I'm kind of glued to my phone. It's my precious. <laughs> but have you noticed, kind of switching the topic a little bit, that just as, in, just as the way we have our love languages, you know, mm-hmm. some like praise, some like touch, we have our technological uh, language like there are some people who only want to text. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I was um, texting with a friend the other day, and he said, "Hey, want to have a long conversation?" And I said, "Sure." You know, when's a good time to call? And he said, "Well, actually, I meant text, and this is texting." And I was like, "Oh, you know, I, I hadn't thought about having a text conversation like that." Mm-hmm. But there are some people who, and, and I try to like be conscious about what. This person, what their technological language is, there's the texting, there's the phone calling. Mm -hmm. Still some old-fashioned people who want a phone call. No, the really old-fashioned people want to meet you face-to-face. Right. (laughs) Yes, that's true. And then there's people who just want to email. So it's really Mm -hmm. interesting. Right. So finding out what's the best way. Maybe finding out first, what's your best way? Mm Mm-hmm. And we can be bilingual, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm happy well, to email or text, but there's one guy who wants to make an appointment with me and he wants to do it over the phone. And I'm like, you got to find somebody else because I just don't make phone calls. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I could refer you to, <laughs> to someone who would make phone calls. Yeah. I'll send you a text. I Well, it's funny. I guess if I think about it, I'm probably the text is preferred. What I'll tell students, I'll say, you know, you can send me an email and if you don't hear back from me, send me a text to tell me that the email was sent because I will get overwhelmed with the number of emails that I get and trying to sift through or something getting buried in a pile. Um, recently, I've been trying to do the use the star feature where you star it so I make sure I get back to that person. But that's been that's a tricky thing. And so I think my tech, ne- tech language is texting because it's quick and you can you can deal with it really quickly. But what I don't like is when people write super long texts and they want an answer that's really an email answer. Yes. That I don't, it's a little two fingers tapping away at the letters. I don't care for that. Agreed. And it's funny that you say that um, about the email and a follow-up text because I have a friend who is that same tech language. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll send her an email. If I don't hear from it for a day or so, I'll text her and say, sent you an email. And then she'll go, oh, okay, you know, and I'll hear back. There's something else in that that I really like to mention, which is that... It's okay, whatever their language is. It's nice that you accept her in that and say, oh, yeah, I just send a text again, as opposed to being frustrated that someone else's tech language is not your tech language, which is the same thing we do with those love languages, right? Yes. That I get frustrated if I'm a person I need, I need 100% appreciation 100% of the time. So I'm just so easy to support. <laughs> yeah. But my husband is more of an observe and acknowledge, you know, and so it's like he just wants you to notice that he did the thing. You don't need to say it was done well, or you don't need to thank him. You just need to notice it. And I more need the 
the appreciation for, I need the praise. That's mm-hmm. my, from my childhood. And it's so funny to see the two of us, you know, right. he just wants to be observed and I can't do that because I'm praising something and it doesn't mean anything to him because I didn't observe the thing he wanted me to observe. So does this mean that texters are from Mars and emailers are from <laughs> Venus? <laughs> there must be other planets, you know, because we were binary. They're, they're zeros and ones. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so there's that. But you know, I have a um, friend who's in her eighties and her grandkids told her that if they wanted to keep, if she wanted to keep in touch with them, she needed to join Facebook. Wow. So she did, you know, because that's their language of uh, how to keep in touch. Yeah. Well, I, and that's great that she did that. I, I can, my brothers talk about my mom getting uh, an emailer when she was in her 80s. And it was a little device. It wasn't she was, didn't have a whole computer or anything. It was a little device she could send emails with. And she would send them emails asking if they could come over and teach her how to use it. <laughs> and so, and she, would, she would call people with her cell phone and say, could you tell me what my phone number is? Because I don't know. <laughs> so she had that, you know, and certainly we're not that bad. No. But I think technologically, um, it's a brave new world. Every day there's something more to learn. Yeah. And, I think for me, and kind of in closing and, and wrapping up, is this concept of I want to maximize the time that I can be in this moment and let my technology be a tool that I use, not um, a slave driver. I think that technology makes a great servant and a horrible master. <laughs> that's, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. So, so it's Janae and Mary signing off. Thanks for listening to the Aging Gracefully podcast. Subscribe and stay up to date with all the latest episodes at aginggracefullypodcast.com. And while you're there, leave us a comment or a question. We welcome your voice in the conversation.